Hey, before we start the show, I just want to let you guys know to go to 714 Tickets or even give them a call and mention Halos in the infield or put H-I-T-I in the Apply Now code at checkout to get 10% off of any ticket, any sport, monster truck, what have you. You get 10% off plus 5% off towards your next purchase just by becoming a member of 714 Tickets. And if you're looking for a good pint, good craft beer, go no further than Noble L Works, which is right across the street from the Honda Center, and tell them Halos in the infield sent you and you get an additional 10% off of your beverage. Now enjoy the show. Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield with your host Todd Fox and the other host of the show. The Lone Star Halo. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope your resolution to starting off strong. I, for one, know that my resolution is to get Todd on a hair commercial. No, bad chance of that happening unless I wear the wig, but uh, that's a story for another day. Hey, speaking of fat chance, we're going to be talking about the fat lady already singing on the 2024 angel season. Oh, yeah, we're going to take a deep dive into that. We're going to talk free agency. We're going to talk, uh, you know, Perry versus um, Epler, uh, who you thought was better. We're going to give our arguments for each. Uh, and then also we're just going to talk about the rumors about Artie Moreno. Well, if you're just getting under a rock or coming from outside your rock or underneath it, whatever, uh, you have a rock on top of you. You're looking for some news. We got some news supposedly and some rumors about Artie Moreno and a possible sell. Some things add up, some things don't. So we'll dive into all that as you move along. So opening up with what topic first? Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what's been going on with the free agency and how that pertains to the Angels. Okay. So, real quick, there's been a lot of tweets lately with the fan base being split. People being like, well, if the Angels make a big splash in free agency, everybody gets mad. You know, oh, the Angels didn't need to get that guy. The Angels didn't need to get that guy. The Angels should have got this guy. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know, the whole Mm -hmm. Garrett Cole pivoting to Rendon. You know, getting Zach Kozar up then, uh, you know, years ago, re-signing him after the trade. So, you know, there, there's quite a few examples. So with all that being said, where are you? So realistically, going into this offseason, yes or no, did you expect the Angels to sign a big name? No. You did not. So mm-hmm. you didn't think you, – you thought Otani was out of the question, you know – I had ruled them out a year and a half. All those guys. I ruled them out a year and a half ago. Now I've been quoted as saying it would be nice to have gotten a Strowman, a Snell, a Burns. It would be nice, but you know we've talked about it ad nauseum. There, you really can't put any faith in this organization as it currently stands. So, what seems like you know no brainers, the Angels don't do it. Now, did you expect the Dodgers to have as big of an offseason as they did? No. No. I don't I mean, think anybody any, – anybody who says yes is only fooling themselves. You know, did you expect Otani to go to the Dodgers? I think really, really deep and down we all did, right? I think everyone kind of expected him to go to L.A. as a well, Dodger. Well, I think we all had our different percentages. Like like if you were to ask random fans, me, you, I think we we would have said, okay, I think 50%, I think 60, or I think 30. Everyone had that Dodger equation there for Otani. Yeah, there was no surprise. Like, oh, he wanted the Dodgers because in 2018, when he went to the Angels, it was a bit of a surprise to people. 
Oh, you yeah. know, the Angels had been thrown out there, but it wasn't a feasible landing spot. So when he did go to the Angels, everybody was surprised. Like, oh, oh okay, he's going there. All right, it makes sense. But, yeah, I, I think more or less everybody had him going to the Dodgers, at least somewhere in the mix, right? Dodgers, Cubs, Giants, Padres, Angels. Those were the Mariners were a big name out there. Obviously, the Blue Jays eventually came into the equation. Yeah. I think they were the leverage point because otherwise it was a West Coast team or bust. I didn't think there was going to yeah. be any kind of movement towards the Midwest or the East, whatever they can afford. I mean, the Yankees and Mets were never in place. So that that told me right there that there was no chance of Otani being over on the East Coast. So with all that being said, a offseason has come and gone and the Angels did not get a big fish. There is one single hope left. And that's Blake Snell. Okay, and I will say this. As an Angels fan, if for whatever reason the Angels signed Blake Snell, and hell, you know what? I'll even throw in Trevor Bauer's name right now because at this point there's really no other direction to go. Um, If the Angels were to get both of those guys, assuming there's no other moves made, I would still consider that a failure, and here's why. I don't anticipate Blake Snell – being a long-term productive pitcher in Major League Baseball. That walk rate is concerning. The Angels have had an issue lately with free passes. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, I don't think Blake Snell is a long-term piece. Now, if Blake Snell is a piece of the puzzle, let's just say they get him this year, and they did kind of what the Texas Rangers did, where they signed Simeon and Seager, and everyone's kind of scratching their head like, you guys suck, what are you guys doing? And then a year later, when they won the World Series, it made sense. Yeah, if Blake Snell is part of a bigger solution, okay, mm-hmm. but I don't think he would be. And then Trevor Bauer is just a giant question mark. There's a lot of people out there who are like, "Oh, let's send Trevor Bauer. Let's send Trevor Bauer." I don't think Trevor Bauer is the answer. I don't think he's the locker room guy. This you know this team needs because this team needs a key piece. They need a face of the franchise kind of guy. They need a guy who's going to come and move the needle. I don't think Trevor Bauer does that either from a leadership standpoint or as a player. Yeah, I, w- I would say, you know, some people wanted Stroman. I thought Stroman would be a good move. Snell, I thought it would be a good move. But I kind of, like, am on the fence about both of those guys. If you were to get them, I'd feel a little bit better about the upcoming season. But I think in the long run, a lot of guys and a lot of fans like Shane Bieber would like a guy like him a corbin burns and what randy was excited he's a shane bieber yeah but you got two the reason why i bring those two pitchers up is they have one thing in common they're both right-handers i don't think blake snell even if you were to get him and you you could trust him for another three four years this team is stacked with the left hand we don't need any more left-handers either but here's let me ask you this question when you finish your point go ahead i was just gonna say either in the bullpen or as a starter we just don't need any left-handed arms okay but here's the thing you know so let's entertain this idea for a second, right? Okay. They signed Blake Snell. Hypothetically, I don't think it's going to happen. But if they were to sign a guy like Blake Snell, you now have the ability to move a guy like Detmers and Sandoval. We've talked in our group chat, and Andrew, you know, our, our resident Padres fan who kind of keeps things grounded for us, has admitted Detmers and Sandoval are arguably the Angels' two biggest trade pieces. If you bring in a guy like Snell – that does give you the freedom to trade Blake Snell, or sorry, sorry, to trade Patrick Sandoval or Detmers or hell, even both. 
you could potentially repair your team and, you know, create maybe a bit more of a future if you trade one of those pieces, if not maybe both in that hypothetical world. Yeah, you would almost have to. You'd almost have to get rid of a couple of those lefties because it was funny. Um, you know, I was talking to a Mets fan at work and he's like, hey, man, I was just looking over your roster and I didn't realize you guys had five lefties in your rotation. I'm like, yeah, crazy, isn't it? And, you know, and, and he just started laughing. He's like, I've never heard of that before. I go, yeah, you know, it, it's I've never heard of that either. I mean, I remember the Angels had back in the day, they had three lefties in their rotation, but I've never seen five. And so, and then you, you couple the Otani factor too. So um, they need some balance. They need to break this thing up. And I've been saying it for a while. You've been saying it for a while. And, and I love trout, but again, until his work ethic gets back to the way it was four or five years ago, he's just in, he's just a guy. And, and until he could stay healthy as well. And, and, and yeah, he's not the leader. We all know that the reason why I bring that up is there's just, there's just this overwhelming feeling that we've as angel fans have experienced that we've just needed to break this team up, start from scratch and go with your Shauna Wells, your, your Nettos and so on and so on. So, you know, this, this team, you know, with the free agent class being it, and you called it earlier in the year, last year, during the season, you're like, man, I'm not too keen about next year's offseason because there's just not too many free agents out there that blow your socks off. And it's true so far. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of people pushing back, like, oh, why, Angels, why are Angels fans so angry? You know, we never signed the right guys. We always make the wrong moves. And here the Angels are doing nothing, and you guys are just as angry. And once again, my point is I, as an Angels fan, am upset because, once again, the Angels are making the wrong move. The wrong move isn't, you know, to go all in, but it's certainly not to stand pat. Mm -hmm. If you're going to have a rebuild, have a rebuild. You know, and I know Artie will never, ever have a rebuild. And There's all those Halo Hawks where they're like, well, this has been a silent rebuild. They got Chanuel and Neto. And, you know, these ready-to-go players, and they draft them, and they throw them in there. That's not sustainable. I mean, what's going to happen this year? You know, I mean, what's a giant, giant hole right now for these Angels besides maybe, like, a big-name pitcher? You know, I mean, you're not going to draft a bull. Oh, yeah, left field, but in theory, you still have Ward there for, what, two more years? But see, the 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 – I'm not blown away by Ward. A lot of people like him, but let me just ask you this. Let's just say we don't get a Bauer, we don't get these other pitchers, we don't get Snell, but we get another Lisak type starter that he's a right. He's a, he's an arm, he's a body, he's an eight innings eater, supposedly. Let's just say our offseason is Plesak, another Plesak, and Solaire in left field. Are you happy with that, with the, with the players you got around him? I'm not happy for the simple fact of once again, you got to go in. I understand the Angels can't have a rebuild. A, the market, right? You know, they're in, they're supposedly in LA, apparently. Nobody told Orange County that, but, <laughs> you know, they're in the LA market, right? We're still so negotiating that, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll figure it out next week <laughs> or the week after or the week after. Eventually, we'll figure out where we play. Oh, this is Orange County. Okay. But the fact of the matter is, the market, 
it is competitive. Whether it's Orange County or not, you are still close enough to Los Angeles where you're competing for ratings. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I understand they'll never go full in, full in on a rebuild. But luckily, the organization's in a spot where they kind of don't have to. But even if they wanted to, they don't have a lot of pieces you could trade. You know, Detmer, Sandoval, we already said those two. Those are giant pieces. There's nobody really in the bullpen that will get you value. That's not, you know, super controllable. Obviously, in a hypothetical world, you could trade Ben Joyce and he'd get you a lot back. But he's so young. What's the point? Yeah. You know, so there's really nobody in the bullpen. We kind of already covered the starting rotation. I would still personally like to trade Canning because of his injury history. Yes, the guy has the ability to be a solid number two one day. But the problem is, once again, he's never been healthy for a full 162. Okay, so that covers the pitchers. Who in the uh, who in the lineup has the potential to give you a giant return? Obviously, Yohapi, Shanuel, those guys could get you a lot back, but those are young, controllable guys. You're not going to trade those. Trout isn't going to get you anything anymore. Maybe five years ago, yeah, you would have got a King's Ransom. But, okay, maybe Ward gets you a piece or two back. But he's another guy who's never been able to put it fully together. You're not going to get a lot for him. Aside from that, you're out quick. Yeah. there's there's This team has been put in such a, a bad spot because of the leadership since day one. And also the just the myopic way of thinking. And I think this is a good transition. The ownership thing came up with Artie. And we had some pretty good chat on our chat line today, you know, between everyone here in Halos and the infield, especially Halo Joe and Robert. And they were getting it, they were getting into the subject of Artie and how it kind of makes sense that he's that that tweet that came out or X about, hey, Artie's in a holding pattern right now. He's waiting on Bally's to see if they up their contract because they could still up the contract, go to bankruptcy, which they're in, but then sell to a potential buyer and that contract will still pay off Artie in the long run. But if he doesn't get that TV deal and he starts to lose more money and he's not able to dip in because the, the, the bills keep coming, it does make sense that Artie's holding on because he's a cheap-ass mother effer and doesn't want to pay for nothing, maybe he reconsiders a sell because he was all in last year. Remember, unfinished business. So there's two things, two reasons why I think Artie might have held out on selling the team. Okay, and here's the biggest one that nobody's talking about. And Mm. I think if people really sit back and think about it, they'll be like, you know what? That's it. That's 100% what it is. You know, Otani was obviously a big one, right? You know, if you sign Otani to like a 10-year deal, or what do you sign for, 12 years? 10 years. It was 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. Yeah. So let's just say the Angels signed him for that. All of a sudden, we're talking about a much, much bigger um, price tag on your franchise, right? You have the biggest name in sports. Because I don't think it's much of a hot take that Shohei Otani is now, if he's not already, going to be the most recognizable athlete on the face of the planet. Correct. He is up there with guys like, you know, I mean, Tom Brady's retired now, but, you know, Tom Brady was there. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, almost everyone's going to know Patrick Mahomes, LeBron James, those kind of guys. Shohei Otani is going to be one of those guys now. He's going to be on the Mount Rushmore of sports most likely one day, bearing injury. So with that being said, 
If you would have held on to a guy like him long-term, boom, franchise goes up in value. Okay, the other thing, and I'm spending business, also spills over to the land around the stadium, right? Mm -hmm. Can he officially acquire the land around the stadium? Because all of a sudden, you have, what, about 200 acres in prime a prime location in Southern California, right? You can Correct. do an awful lot with that acres. Honestly, to the point where I don't even think it's worth developing it if I'm on Moreno. If you buy that land, sell the team while you can. Because not only are they acquiring a team in a large market, they are getting a lot of land, prime real estate in Southern California. You can do a lot. They can sell some of that to Disney if they want. And all of a sudden, Disney can build, you know, a downtown Disney there. And then where downtown Disney is now, hey, there's a third theme park. You're opening up a lot of gates for that. Maybe in the future, you can sell that land to the Ducks once, you know, the Honda Center. I, I, the whole OC vibe thing still happening, I think. So if they're that ends up happening. Re, they're trying to revitalize that. but So if so they do, then, you know, there goes that plan. But who knows? You know what I mean? The, the possibilities are endless. But the third and biggest thing that nobody's talking about. So, yeah, like you already mentioned, Bally Sports West, they're going under, right? Bally Sports in general. I mean, you know, the casino, they, they open, they're trying to open that casino in Chicago, and that's flopping. They're trying to buy the Tropicana field, uh, the Tropicana site in Las Vegas. That hasn't gone through yet. So, Bally is obviously losing all kinds of their TV deals. You saw with the Diamondbacks, you saw with the Padres. Um, so it, it's happening everywhere. So who tried buying Fox Sports West before Bally's bottom? Artie Moreno tried to buy him, but he got outbid by Bally's, which made sense, right? They're a giant casino conglomerate, and now they went bankrupt. So what if Artie Moreno is able to somehow now buy the TV broadcast right from Bally Sports West? So now the Angels own their own network similar to the Yankees, the Dodgers, and what the Cubs used to have with WGN. Actually, the Cubs might still have it with WGN. I don't Don't quote me on that. But now the Angels are one of the only baseball franchises that has their own TV rights, like they have with the radio station, which, by the way, they're also one of the only teams that owns their own radio station. So now you have a franchise that owns you know, 200 plus acres in Southern California. They own a stadium. They own their TV and broadcast rights on the radio. It can't get any more valuable than that. We're now potentially talking about four to five billion dollars because now you're going to have one of the biggest monopolies in baseball because you own all of that. You really could have state-run media at that point, which could be very appealing to a potential owner. Not only that, it would it would egg on the current owner or the potential owner to freaking spend on free agents and spend on the, the right things because that all sounds great, but is he going to put that money or at least a portion of it into the organization to get the best training staff, to get the best coaches, to get the best scouts? Because I think that's what this team is 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 uh freaking lacking the most is scouts. And to go back to your point about stadium, you know, there's talk about refurbishing the Big A, you know, remodeling it again. There's talk about tearing it down, and and building on another site. I think where 
Artie Marino missed the boat was 2007, 2008, around that era when those blimp hangers down there in Irvine before one of them burnt down. If you remember just five to not even 10 years ago, less than that, there was nothing around those goddamn blimp hangers. Nothing. And oh, I are you talking about where the district in Tustin is? Yeah. So I I drove down there the other day and there, you know, one hanger's gone, burnt down, whatever. Those two hangers on by themselves and the land that the military owned that was offered to Moreno for 300 million. Had he bought that, it could have easily fit the stadium, the outdoor area that he wanted and envisioned in Anaheim could have been there, plus the parking lot. All that could have been in that just that area right there. So you yes. say, okay, but but see, before that deal was offered to him, none of that those condos which are there now, those neighborhoods that are there now, were not there prior. And also the Ducks facility, they have an ice skating arena that's not too far from there, a big uh, sports facility as well. Oh, in downtown Anaheim there near the Chase. Yeah. There was Where we had the softball tournament the last time. Yes. But but none of that area was there. None huh. of it. And so now, okay, he could have had all of that. And Artie Moreno could have had his stake in it. He could have had Moreno Boulevard. That The whole area could have been like, like the downtown block. He could have had Lodge Lane. There you go, you know, <laughs> Honk Boulevard, Honk Honk. Show me your honk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, and there he'd be like, he'd be like the Lord of the Land there, so he'd be like, oh, you have to show me your honk. <laughs> you can't call the cops. <laughs> and see, it's and one last thing I'll say is he could have bought then, and if he really wants to, he could buy now, and still get that territory that is off limits to private development. It's got to go through the city. And so let's just say with everything that's built up around, you even got the wild rivers return over there. Which oh is yeah. Theme, yeah. Theme right. park, which is doing really good and bringing more homes and more businesses over there. If you were to plant a brand new goddamn stadium, right where those blimp hangers are, that area would, would triple in value and you'd still be able to, to, to put everything you wanted in there. And then you'd have a downtown Mecca for the angels just off the 405, not too far from where it used to be up, you know, up the freeway. I think, you, and then you would also tap into that Padre crowd, which is on the fringe, you know, borderline right there. So I think it would be perfect. And then you get away from the Los Angeles BS name and you'd stick to the Anaheim Angels, the so Southern California Angels. Well, they couldn't be Anaheim if they're playing in Irvine or Tustin. I mean, you could, I mean, look, they're Los Angeles and they play in Anaheim now. They could, you know I mean? Yeah, sure. I, I'm, I'm just saying, I think Artie really missed the boat. I do think the Angels, it's, I don't know, like part of me is like, oh, they're going to stay on that land. I, they're they're going to build another stadium. Eventually some, you know, whoever buys the team or maybe it is Arnie, then he sells. Maybe, you know, they develop the parking lot around there and they kind of do that plan. I know this, they're going to stay in Orange County the farthest they'll ever go is like Long Beach. That much I know. I don't think they go to Long Beach, but like that's like the farthest they go, in my opinion. I think they stay in Orange County. Honestly, I think it'd be really smart if they were trying to go somewhere a little more south in Orange County. Maybe they can get something like San Clemente, San Juan Capistrano. You know, there's a lot of major freeways down there. You can also appeal to the San Diego crowd there. 
you're a little farther away from LA. I don't think a lot of Orange County natives are going to complain about driving down there, especially because the traffic doesn't really head to South Orange County during rush hour. It always heads North towards Anaheim. But then again, the closer you get to Clemente on the weekends, would it be a shit show from the morning till evening because everyone's hitting the beach around that time. So that was yeah, that... but you could actually get a waterfront ballpark potentially, or at least one that overlooks the water, because obviously, you know, San Clemente stuff yeah. has a lot of cliffs. But I or, mean Or possibly I... that would force everyone to get a toll, uh, you know, a toll card to, to ride the tolls to get there. So who knows? Yeah, but you know, so I don't know. I mean, I think the Angels are just about always going to stay in this in this neck of the woods there. But, um, yeah, I, I think a lot of people aren't talking about the TV deal. I think that could be a large piece of the puzzle. And I think that maybe Artie could sell if he could acquire the rights to Valley Sports West. Like yeah. he almost did the first time from Fox Sports. I agree. And and here's here's my thing, though. I, uh, one other thing I want to bring up about the Angels' ownership and, and, and the potential move of the stadium or move of the team. Robert brought this up, and he fears that, you know, what if the Angels were to be sold and they moved to Nashville? Or if Artie just says, hey, the hell with SoCal, let's go to Nashville. Nashville really wants a team. Montreal wants a team, blah, 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 blah. That wouldn't happen in my mind because it doesn't make any sense because you would need to bring in a couple more teams into the league first. Like Portland would have to get a team to replace the angels. And because you can't just take a, the angels and throw them the way they have the divisions right now is perfect setup. And I heard if they add two more franchises, which they want to do in the next two to three seasons, those are going to be on the East coast. It's going to do a little realignment. You're going to have like a Southwest Midwest type division, and then you're going to, you know, with the Rockies in the division with the Rangers and you're going to have an all West Coast, you know, division. Uh, so I just don't see that happening. I think the Angels are too big of a staple to be moved like a team like Oakland. You can justify that even though you don't want to. But, you know, because they're only moving to Vegas. It's not like they're taking Oakland. And they're moving them. To yeah, Nashville. they can still play in the AL West. Correct. Correct. So that'll yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously as Angels fans, like we would hate if that happened. In that hypothetical world, would you stay an Angels fan? I wouldn't be a baseball fan. I'd do the same thing that I did as much as I love baseball. When my Sonics left Seattle, I said, fuck the NBA. I'm done. And uh it, especially because of the way they were moved. And I would believe it would take something stupid like that to move the Angels. And if it did, I as much as I love the Angels, I'd say goodbye. It'd be a tough call. It really would. I mean, are they still the Angels? If they're like, uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't care anymore, bro. Like, like seriously, I would I would watch the sport from afar, and I'd be like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. Yankees won twelve in a row. Nice. All right, what's on what's on TV? It'd be hard for me because I mean, you know, I don't live in Anaheim, but obviously, I love going to Anaheim to go to games. I mean, you know, it's it's the only place that's ever been home. So I I would be definitely disappointed. If it happened, I don't think it should happen. You know, the one thing that I will admit is a lot of people, a lot of Angels fans are like, oh, if they move to Long Beach, I would stop being a fan. For that, I wouldn't care. That's not going to affect me at all, right? Unfortunately, you know, I don't want to be an a-hole. I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, you live in Texas. That's why. It's true. I live in Texas. So if they move to Long Beach, I wouldn't care. But I used to say the same thing when I was a season ticket holder, driving up every single game, living in San Diego. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I have Facebook posts saying, oh, who cares? If they move to Long Beach, I'm still going. I'm going either way. Yeah. So yeah. I'm the same way. If they stay in Southern California, the Angels are the Angels. I don't care. You know, 
maybe it's a beachfront stadium in Long Beach. Maybe it's still in Anaheim. Maybe they moved to Tustin. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, like I'm the same way, bro. Um, if the, if they were to move to Long Beach for some reason, I I'd, I'd join. If they if, if they were Thousand Oaks, if they were Twenty Nine Palms, uh, you know. San Clemente. Put it on palms. I'd never go to a game. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it had to be indoors. <laughs> I'll tell you that. But uh, but no, I mean it, it's 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 just it, it is what it is, man. Like you associate the Angels with SoCal, and um, you know uh, they're not as big as the Dodgers. Will, will never be. But but they are a SoCal team. They're born and bred here, and they stayed here, and uh, that's why I don't anticipate them leaving. Um, it, it took some like, like, look how long it took Oakland to leave Oakland. I mean, you just can't up and leave a franchise. I mean, they ran that sucker into the ground several times and, uh, and they still had some winning seasons to keep them around. And, and that's after year after year, I think you'd get politics involved. You get bureaucracy, all this other stuff. Cause even, even if the team tries to move to Irvine, you don't think orange County is going to try to fight that man. They're going to, they're, they, they want their moneymaker there too. Because what what is Anaheim known for? I mean, yeah, the Ducks got their ring or whatever, but you don't think of this as a hockey town. I mean, you, two things you think about when you go to Anaheim if you're a, if you're a freaking visitor from out of state or out of the country: Disneyland and the Angels and beaches. Well, I yeah. Mean, yeah, but I mean, like when you think just the city of Anaheim. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, let me ask you this, and this is kind of like, uh, you know, to, to start trending towards the, the last topic. So mm-hmm. we've already kind of talked about how uneventful of an offseason it was for the Angels. Mm-hmm. We've both been on record multiple times saying that we didn't care if the Angels didn't make any big moves. We've kind of been pushing for a full rebuild. It hasn't happened, and it's not going to happen, clearly. So with that being said, we're about to enter Perry Manazian's final year as the Angels GM before he's a free, you know, free agent unemployed, whatever term you want to use. So with that being said, the first couple of years of Perry Menazzi, this is what entering year four. Mm-hmm. So the same amount of time that Billy Epler had, are you impressed with what Perry's done? And did you like Billy Epler's first couple of years more? Both. Neither of them have been successful. Let's make that clear now. Yeah. Um, we're comparing a bag of crap to a bag of crap. Call it what it is. I mean, we're talking about two losing teams, two losing organizations. Bad contracts have been made on both sides. Yeah, I, I would think that um, you know when it ta- when when you look at face value, I always didn't like Epler because you could tell he was a puppet, and I don't know if it's just the fact that. Perry's good at not portraying himself as a puppet. Yeah, I think behind closed doors he is a puppet. But at least he has that up on Epler. And like you brought up before we started the show, you said that, you know, Epler did a lot more, but Perry drafts better. So I think there are pros and cons. You could look at both. Uh, you could say, you know, uh, I, I think outside of what happened this year at the deadline, Perry had out traded Epler by far. You had that. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, they both have. Did you say that? Wait, you said that Perry has out traded Epler? Yeah, as far as like, you know, his trades that were impactful on the field. I, I'm not saying about the guys he brought in per se to be like minor leaguers or, or guys for the future. I think Epler did a better job at that. But I think when Perry yeah. to make moves as far as 
free agents are making trades to to shore up the bullpen. Uh, not again. Last year he he got a bad grade, but the year before and the year before that, I thought he did a really good job of retooling the roster. Well, keep in mind, so Billy Epler traded for guys like Andrelton Simmons, mm-hmm. traded for a guy like Yunel Escobar, who was you know great for his two years here. Traded absolutely nothing for Parker Bridwell, who almost single-handedly led the uh, Angels to the 2017 playoffs. He got um, Cameron Maben. And he did bring in Justin Upton in July, in uh, August. No, early September, because it was post-trade deadline. But how many how many pitchers did he bring in? That's fair. <laughs> Because that was well, that, the Dylan Bundy trade was pretty good in 2020. Yeah, it worked. And for that, a was a, that was a Billy Epler trade. It but yeah, it did. It did not work his second year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, like he brought in guys like Cahill and and just bad pitchers, dude. But keep um, in mind, also, you know what? This is me officially pushing back on you. Okay, he brought in Luis Renjifo via trade. Okay, in the Martin Maldonado deal, Martin Maldonado was a rental for the Astros. No, he he brought in um, he he traded uh he got Sandy and and uh our boy the, uh, the catcher um, Stassi before we traded him off. I yep yep okay I know I know those were deals that were made. I forgot I forgot who they got um what's his name for you were just talking about was Lu- Lu- was Luis Rodriguez for CJ Crow? I believe so because because I know Stassi and and um. Tight pants came came with a trade for uh, Maldonado. So see, as those are a couple of guys there that the Angels are still counting on. Yeah, you know yeah. he trade he drafted guys like Cannon. You know Joe Adele hasn't been anything. He drafted Joe Adele. He drafted Reed Detmers, Angels Hall of Famer Andrew Heaney. He traded for Andrew Heaney. Yeah. <laughs> So there you go. I mean, I don't think Billy Epler was as bad on trades as we think he was. Yeah, he just... arguably, I think he's had more success via trade than Perry has. Because I mean, Perry responsible for the Giolito trade. You know, the only good thing that came out of that was Ronaldo Lopez, and they literally dumped him for literally nothing. Well, I think a lot of that look the some of the trades that he made right there looked good on paper. But like I said, last year, it, because of what happened on the field, it, they were failures. And 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 all of, obviously, I think the stuff were, were – I gave him so much credit two years ago for being a guy who was no-nonsense and would actually say, no, no, Artie, this is my deal. I could do this. Last year, it was clear, you know, when, when they had to make that move to avoid going over the salary cap you know they they dumped those players. That was a terrible look. I'm telling you, I, I with everything going into its final year, Ron Washington on a two year contract, not knowing what this roster is going to look like, lackluster off season. Can it get worse than last year? Is my question. Because would Epler have fixed this, or is Perry? Is this was this the best Perry's doing? I don't think Epler could have fixed this 
But I will say, I think Epler would have been a little more aggressive because there wasn't a single offseason Epler was here where no moves were made. True. And as of right, and in all fairness, this is so far the only offseason where Perry hasn't done anything. You know, yes, we got Plezag. Yeah, we got Francisco Mejia. Like, you know, those small things, sure. But this is the first time Perry hasn't made a key move. And maybe this is. You know what the reports are saying. Those are just rumors at this moment. So maybe that is the case. You know, the purse strings are real, real tight because Artie might sell, he might not. But then again, Artie was in the process of selling last offseason. There were still moves being made. Well, here's my question to you as far as what Perry's doing. And and if you look at, like, the Minnesota Twins – um, the you know the, the New York Mets even the Atlanta Braves a lot of these teams have been just as quiet as the Angels. Is it the Dodger factor of just a couple of guys at work were saying it's like the Dodgers kicked the rest of the GMs in the balls and we're still recovering and no, and it seems like people are afraid to make a move right now for whatever reason because again it's not the strongest free agent class like you brought out but there are a quite a bit of mid-level guys that could help several teams right now who are contending or who are trying to rebuild. And it seems like nobody's making a move. That's not true. Look at the Royals. But the Royals made some key free agent signings and they're probably going to be a better team. But, but what I'm saying is like, look, you can count on one hand, how many teams have made a move this off season. It's it's the Yankees. big moves, sure. It's, it's the Yankees, it's the Dodgers, and it's the Royals, really, that have been key moves. Yeah, and you've you've had you know a couple signings in Wrigley with with you know the 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 um, Japanese the Shoto. Uh, I, I'm not going to butcher his last name because it's not. I, I can't remember it. Yeah, and then you've had the Padres get a Japanese pitcher, and that's a that's I think a it was a I think that was a Korean pitcher. He was a closer, I believe. The lefty, right? Is he left-handed? I, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I didn't do too much reaches on him, so I'm not going to comment too much. But yeah, my fault. I know I, I didn't that know he was, he was one of the KBO's better relief pitchers last year. Yeah, my bad. I didn't know he was Korean. I thought he was uh, Japanese because I got the report that there was another Japanese signing. So that that came off Fox Sports. But the only the reason why I'm saying that is because again, that's only five or six teams out of a, a league. Yeah. You know, again, five five to six times the amount of more teams aren't really doing anything, you know, just minor moves here and there off of waivers, claim this guy off of waivers. This has been by far the most lackluster free agent class and off season I've ever experienced as not only an Angels fan, but a baseball fan. Cause usually, like you said, last episode, last thing I'll say about it is when the big fish goes, everything else goes. And you brought it out. Otani went, but the Dodgers kept moving. Everyone else is stand pat basically. Yeah. So there's really no way to kind of tell what happens now. I mean, you know, obviously a couple more pieces have to happen, right? I mean, where guys like Bauer are going to go, where's Josh Hader going to go. There's rumors that he wants the biggest contract for a closer ever. Does he go to a place like the Dodgers? Mm-hmm. God, I hope not. I, you know, I, I sure as hell hope he doesn't come here. I, I don't think he does, but I mean, that'd be, the angels, right? Like, oh, well, we didn't get anything, but we signed Josh Hader to the biggest closing contract ever. And we're like, great. That's exactly what we needed. And did we mention he's a lefty? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we're going to make him a starter while we're at it. <laughs> Why not? 
<laughs> oh, he plays left field as well. <laughs> hey, yeah, he's our new two-way guy. <laughs> Never swung a stick before? No problem. <laughs> oh. Oh, no man. problem. Neither is Joe Dell. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Joe Dell's. I actually, uh, I will say, I'm, I'd be somewhat excited for Joe Adele to finally just kind of get a chance. I mean, if we're really not doing anything this year and it really is just let the kids play, you know what? I, I'm going to be okay with that because there really is no expectations for this team, right? It's yeah. We're going to finish in fourth place. <clears throat> Let's just have some fun. It's like watching the Coyotes this year. You know, my Arizona Coyotes weren't supposed to contend. They spent, what, three, almost four months in a playoff spot where it was like, well, if the season ends today, the Coyotes are in the playoffs. So it's kind of nice to see these young guys putting it together and at least contending. They're probably not going to make the playoffs. They have a chance to, and that's fun. It was like you with the Seahawks. They traded away Russell Wilson. You're like, dude, this year's going to suck. And, hey, they made the playoffs last year. They went back to sucking this year. And, hey, goodbye, Pete Carroll. But the point is when you're not expecting to contend and your team's just kind of flirting with contention, that's fun. Because your expectations were so low. And if that's the case, let's ride. Yeah. Angels country. Let's ride. No, I'm the same way because, and I brought this up to Steve Lee the other day. You know, if, if the angels finish 79 and 83 this year uh, and we're in fourth place, but we're in games because last year, let's face it. I don't even remember how many games we won last year, maybe 73, something stupid, but those 73 games. Well, Either way, it felt like we weren't in most of those games. It felt like just lackluster play, like our innings were two two minutes long, it seemed at times, striking out and just early swingings at everything, pop-outs, because we're all swinging for the fences. I want to see competitive baseball to where we're in these close games because we're doing drag bunts, we're we're swinging the other way, we're getting singles, doubles. That is sexier than a goddamn solo home run and losing eight to one. You know, I want to see some five fours, even if we lose six to three, but we're scrappy. You know, we gave up a run late and they got their insurance run. Fine. We're in the game for seven innings. I don't want to be out of a game by the fourth inning or feel like at the stadium. How many times, Fernando, did I tell you when I was in person at a game, I felt like the game was over in the third, fourth inning. It felt like nothing was going to change. It was the same bullshit the rest of the game. If we're 79 and 83, but we're like, it's unpredictable because a team can just rally at one point or another. That's what I want, man. That's what I want. I didn't want the no discipline, the lackluster, let's just get through the, the game and go home type attitude. Yeah, you know what? So if this is the rush that we're rolling with, your your starting uh, lineup here come opening day is Ohapi, Shamwow, Brandon Drury, Zach Neto, Anthony Rendon for two minutes. Um <laughs> And and then you know it'll probably be Luis Renjifo at third base. Realistically, does he does he get and, hurt before or after the national anthem on the when he's standing on the uh, baselines opening day? Uh, who's singing the national anthem? Like like how long is it? <laughs> if it's like a minute and a half plus, then it's like oh man, this guy's getting hurt during the flyover. Oh shit, the flyover. Okay, one of the wheels is gonna come fall off. It's gonna land about two feet away from anybody, but like somehow. The vibrations are going to be enough to break Rendon's leg. 
It's going to be like that episode of Spongebob where he was doing the sponge and he was like doing like the weird jump rope motion with his legs. It's going to be like that. His oh. legs are just going to be like folding over. Oh. Okay, so then you're going to have Ward, Trout, and then your right fielder is probably Adele. So with that being said, okay, that's what we're rolling with. Great. Your opening day starter is maybe Reed Detmers. Okay. Let's see what the kids can do in terms of being competitive. Mm-hmm. At that point, I'm expecting a fourth place finish. Yep. I'm expecting this team to win about 70 games. Okay, cool. But was it 70 competitive games? Yes. How about the rest of the 162 there? Were they competitive? You know, you're going to get blown out here and there. That happens. Mm-hmm. If we're getting blown out by two or three runs once a week, okay, great. It happens. But what about the rest of the games? Is it 2-1? Is it 2-0? And, hey, man, the guys kept getting over to third base, but, you know, they were just not catching a break. You know what? I can live with that because yep. that's baseball. Yep. Sometimes you're going to be able to, you know, get the guys in position. You're going to pop the ball up right in front of the warning track. All right, hey, you gave it a ride. You gave it a shot. I just don't want the going down looking. One, two, three inning. Everyone's just grinding out of the shortstop. Nobody's trying. Nobody's having a good at bat. I don't want that. I want competitive at bat. I want good pitching. Hey, did we lose? Was it a pitcher duel? It was 3-2 and we lost. And, you know, Reed Demers got out-dueled by uh, Yamamoto from the Dodgers in the freeway series, and we lost 3-2 because they took a late lead as soon as they let Carlos Estevez in the game. Cool. That's what I expected. <laughs> okay, so that's that's yeah, my point. I'm I'm totally with you. Like, say, for instance, Yamamoto beats us 3 to nothing, right? But we have two hits and four or five walks. We had guys on base. We just couldn't get him in. Like you said, I can live with that. You know, like if we're taking more walks than we were last year, if we're getting more singles and hits and just making it difficult, you know, at least fire back at some of these teams after they put together an inning and stop like disappearing. Because we, how many times did we talk about it last year where the Angels started out good, put some guys on the base, scored a couple runs here and there in the first couple innings, and then just went silent for five to six innings. That's called the other team adjusting to your lineup and you not adjusting to the pitching. It took them six innings till they finally got their heads up their ass. If they did by the ninth inning, to try to muster a rally. So, and by, by most of the nights, the game was long over because they did nothing for six innings. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I just want competitive baseball. I think the writing's on the wall. Unless something drastically changes in the next couple of weeks, this is, like you said, the the team we're going to go into spring training with. Yeah, and if that's the case, then Perry, just be honest about that. Yeah. You I know, totally... When they ask you, just be honest about it. So. That's where I am on it. We'll see what happens. I don't think any other big moves are going to be made. You know, the Angels will get somebody, you know, maybe it is a guy like a Trevor Bauer on a try at contract. Who knows? They're going to make some kind of move, but it's not going to be anything sexy. And and you know what? I can live with that. That's not my argument. My argument was more so I was upset that they didn't go full in on a rebuild, but whatever, you know, in a roundabout kind of way, I am excited for baseball. I still love the sport. Oh, yeah. You know, and hey, I can't wait till October rolls around. The diamond and the uh, Dodgers get eliminated by the Pittsburgh Pirates, or the Colorado Rockies make it another division yeah. team. Here we go. <laughs> but last thing I got is, you know, with a lack of stars now 
on those banners on the front of Anaheim Stadium, I really want Artie to give us a big FU and put his face up there. That would be great. That'd be great. It could be him, <laughs> Roger Lodge, John Carpino, Erica Weston for Halo Weezy, uh, Matt Baskurian, and like a little like wig because people are going to be like, who's that guy? We never see him anymore. Yeah. Or, and then or, it's going to be Gooby. Yeah, Gooby going, hey, check out the long fly ball right there. Home run, launch angle. Man, it's going to be really interesting. So then let's just say they sign nobody else. Who's going up there? So Trout for sure. Who else? Sandoval, Ohapi? Sandoval, Ohapi, Neto. Okay. You think Neto goes up there? I think I think they're gonna they're gonna really push Neto this year. I've got no problem with Neto. I like Neto. But my whole thing is like he's not there's no way. If you go to a hundred baseball fans who aren't Angels fans, like three of them know Zach Neto. Yeah. Yeah, Logan Ohapi, like I know, like MLB Network, kind of he they had him on for a couple of interviews. A lot of people are predicting that he's going to be the next face of the franchise for the Angels, so I can see him going up there because they're really going to try to push him. Mm-hmm. You said Sandoval, okay, that's a good one. Was he was Sandoval up there this year? Yeah, he was. Yeah, I thought so. Maybe Detmers. I agree with that as well. Okay, that brings us up to what five. Yeah, and if there's a six, do you think Estevez goes up there just because you know? Well, he was an all star last year, correct? And he still got this year on contract. That's why I'm asking, do you think he can go up there? Not unless they make a late season move and he's us killing it by the all star break with 30. But if we're talking opening day, I would have to say Sham Wow maybe gets a shot. There's no way on God's green or Sham Wow goes up there because there's like, I there's there's probably a handful of Angel fans who have no idea who that is. Well, I mean, they should know, and this is the thing, Angel. My last point is, I hope people get to know this kid and the Angels, uh, because despite their shitty batting coaches, Marcus Thames, and others, tried to ruin his swing. I mean, the guy still has a chance to break the on base um, for to start his career this season coming up because he refuses to get out and refuses to have an O for with nothing. You know what I mean? Like he he consistently gets on base. This kid is the real deal, and I'm sick and tired of the idiot broadcaster saying, well, he hasn't hit home run yet. Who cares? I know he plays first base. His defense will get better, but a guy who's consistently on base is invaluable with a team that just doesn't practice that. So hopefully Ron Washington can feed off of that and make him better and make the rest of the team get back to basics. That's what I want to see. Last thing I'll say about this, like uh, these window panels in the front, I just wish the Angels would do it right for once. Like they keep missing opportunities. Like they had a year where they could have done the 20th anniversary of the World Series. Why didn't they put six photos up there of the 2002 World Series championship team? Correct. They could have done that. What about when we celebrated the 60th anniversary? They have six window panels up there. How come each one of those didn't represent a different decade of Angels baseball? Hell, they have, what, five retired numbers right now? Why don't they use one of those for every five? I mean, I know one of them is going to be Jackie Robinson, so maybe like you don't put that one up there. Maybe you do. And maybe the sixth one could be Vlad Guerrero because, you know, yeah, his number's not retired, but let's be honest. At some point of our life, we should see Vladimir Guerrero Sr.'s number go up there. Trout's number is going to get retired one day. You're going to have Salmon. I think his number is going to get retired. That's a safe bet. 
And maybe, just maybe, there's an outside chance of Garrett Anderson. Angels PR is the worst in baseball. I think your idea is great because you could have used in you know all the Angel logos over the years. You could have had Nolan Ryan yeah, in, yeah. In, in that '79 jersey. You could have had, uh, like you said, a Tim Salmon in, in the Disney colors, uh, Guerrero in the red when they first changed over, uh, stuff like that. I mean, you would have had all the logos in the backgrounds. You know, it wouldn't have to be solid red. You know, you could have them in the different jerseys matching, you know, the banner. And it would look unique for once. But no. No, no, no. no. Let's, let's put Taylor Ward up there. Let's, let's, paint the, uh, let's paint the helmets again. Hey, yeah. You know, I want to do that episode soon. Let's talk about all the Angels um, guys that should be retired next. There's a couple up there that I think would be an interesting debate. For instance, Mike Sosha. Don't bring it up now. I think that's a topic. But should Mike Sosha's number be retired? That that would be an interesting one. There's yep. not a lot of people out there, managers, who have their numbers retired. And he brought the first championship. So, I think we should. That's a great idea. I think we should make a list. You know, maybe your top five that should be retired, my top five, and then we could argue. You know, yeah, we can try to keep the obvious guys off the list. You know, you know, you know, Samus is going to go up there one day. You know, Guerrero is going to go up there. So maybe we keep those kind of guys off the list. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All All right. right. Well, good show. Uh, Do we want to announce what we're going to do February fifth, or just wait on that? Uh, that's up to you, man. Okay. Uh, well, I guess, I mean, we'll start pumping, I guess, as we get closer. But February 5th, we're going to start going to everyday shows uh, during the week, Monday through Friday. So uh, on your podcast stream and on your YouTube, which you, or you're watching us here, uh, you're going to get uh, five uh, daily, you know, daily shows uh, starting moving forward from February 5th uh, through, you know, pitchers and catchers and so on and so on. So you guys are going to have, you know, a morning show, essentially, you know, recapping the day before. And we're still going to have the postgame shows. So we will truly become your number one stop for Angels baseball, the leading show for daily Angels coverage, because we have a a morning podcast now and a postgame show. What will be funny about it, though, Fernando, is we'll have we'll have more content than AM eight thirty has, and they're an Angels Network supposedly. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, for Todd Fox and the Lone Star Halo, catch you on the next one. Catch you on the flip.